Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Trade deadline is looming, and I'm all set to track down any and all relevant guests should anything happen. But in the meantime, I had a chance to catch up with Daniel Armbrister from the band Joywave a few weeks ago while the Kings were on the road. I had intended to post this episode following the Sabres game, since Daniel is from Buffalo and is a Sabres fan, but life got in the way. Uh, If you're looking for a conversation with a lot of speculation about potential trades or the playoff race, uh, this this doesn't have that. Uh, But if you like Joywave or music or you want to know what Sabres fans think about Jack Eichel in Vegas, stick around. Daniel is great. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you will as well. All right, well, by the time you hear this, the LA Kings will have already played the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo. And so I wanted to reach out to the biggest and, frankly, only Buffalo Sabres fan I know. Oh, come on. (laughs) There are dozens of us around the globe. Uh, The voice you hear is Daniel Armbrister from the band Joywave. Daniel, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we when when's the last time we talked? Like three years ago, four years ago, something like that. Yeah, you know, I keep saying this over and over again, but COVID has utterly decimated my internal calendar. Um, mm-hmm. Everything in the last five years happened yesterday, mm-hmm. and everything in the last five years also happened twenty years ago. In my mind, yep, it's impossible. So the last time we spoke was definitely before March eleventh, two thousand and twenty. And and now, of course, we're talking after a huge Buffalo Sabres victory uh, over the Kings. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I I assume. I guess I guess we're recording before, huh? Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. We have what no do you idea. What do you think is going to happen? Should we make predictions and then you can? Yeah, let's the let's sure. Why not? Happened? Why not? All right. Uh, so the Kings have lost to Boston and Dallas at the time of this recording, and Buffalo's next up on the schedule. So I'm going to predict a hard-fought uh, identity recertifying win for the LA Kings. Okay, uh, the Sabres fleeced Toronto last night, so I'm going uh, Tage Thompson hat trick um, and uh, Cal Peterson crying after the game because he wishes he had signed in Buffalo. <laughs> That's a that is a bold prediction. Yeah, yeah. You need to look for the tears. Let me know if you see them. You know. If, All right. Well, if, if we're you, looking for if tears, you get to ask any questions, if you get to ask any questions after the game, I want you to ask Cal Peterson if he cried. I will. I, I'm writing it down in my notes right now. But uh, since we want to talk about tears, let's talk about Jack Eichel and what that was like (laughs) as a Sabres fan to watch Mm -hmm. that play out. Because we've heard, you know, the fights about, you know, the union versus the player versus the ownership and, you know, surgeries and blah, blah, blah. But as a Sabres fan, how 
annoying, demoralizing, whatever words you want to go for uh, to watch that situation play out? Hmm. Well, I really understand both sides of it. Um, you know, I really have to, you have to respect the human life quality of life, uh, peace above all else, I think. And, you know, the, um, the fusion surgery from what I had understood, um, you know, meant you're probably going to have to do it again in 10 years. And by the time you're 60, you're probably not lifting up your grandkids. You're probably having a hard time moving. Whereas the artificial disc replacement, um, you know, has a better expectancy quality of life wise, which obviously extremely important, you know, Anyone who thinks differently, I think, is putting hockey before humanity, which I, I don't think we should be doing. Um, and it seemed like, you know, the team was kind of doing that, unfortunately. But, um, but look, I mean, he, he had asked for a trade before that, we know now, right? So um, I wish him the best. I mean, he is an unbelievable hockey player. He was so fun to watch. Um, but during those years, unfortunately, the team wasn't able to make meaningful progress around him. And um, uh, Peyton Krebs has been awesome so far. Unbelievable playmaker. His passing is unbelievable. Alex Tuck is from Syracuse, which is Western New York, very close to Buffalo. Uh, his next door neighbor growing up was Tim Connolly, Buffalo Sabres legend. I mean, he is so excited to be in Buffalo. And I think given where the team is at right now, that is, that's worth more. I mean, look, Alex Tuck is putting up amazing numbers right now. I think, I think he's a point per game where Eichel was only a point per game for Buffalo for, for one season. Right. So if you are able to match that production, I, I don't know that he's able to sustain it, but, and, and to truly embrace the community and, and want to be there. Um, that's, that's really special. Sorry, you caught me off guard with that positivity at the end there. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm a, I'm a positive guy. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. So Buffalo is now tied for fourth worst in the league. Um, oh. No, no, I'm not. Oh. I swear I'm not piling on. Uh, the oh, question, sorry. I, I, I must have looked at, you know what? I sorted, I sorted <laughs> the, uh, the standing the other way. That's my bad. Um, so the question is, you know, hope is such a huge part of the sports business in North America, right? Because, sure. because there are so many teams and the teams that are, are contenders, that hope is intrinsic, right? Obviously the top teams all hope that they're the winner, but we've built in the draft and the idea. I know, of, I know you hate the draft. I know I you do. hate the draft so <laughs> I <do>. much. <laughs> I, I love the draft. The draft is actually one of, see, as a, as a Sabres fan, I mean, that is my playoffs. Right? Well, so that's so that's the question: is how much are you? I mean, are you already, or do you get the sense that the Sabres fan base? I'm going to ask you to speak for a group of people collectively now, sure. um, which is always fair. Uh, is you know, is the Sabres fan base now looking already watching prospects, already looking at the the next crop of potential Jack Eichel? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Every everyone's got their wish list. I mean, you should have seen. Uh, uh, the outrage amongst Sabres fans when uh, when the team drafted Jack Quinn over Marco Rossi, uh, people were like, unbelievable. Like some of the Twitter Sabres people had kind of, you know, said that they really liked Marco Rossi and people trust them. And uh, 
you know, I think he's been good for the uh, Iowa Wild. But, I mean, Jack Quinn, to be fair, I mean, he, he was he was medium at first, but he seems like the kind of kid who uh, if you tell him, hey, you know, you're not you're not crushing it, he'll be like, I'm going to go fix this, which is the best attitude you can have. And now he's I mean, he's destroyed the AHL this season playing in Rochester. Um, I was at, I got to go to the game when he scored his first goal. Um, in the NHL, he had been he'd been up with the Sabres for a minute, but um, yeah, I mean, Sabres fans, I think, really are all about the prospects because because you have to be too because um, you know, there, there's also like a high amount of roster turnover in in seasons like this, right? Where like Craig Anderson is the goalie and he's forty, and I mean, he's played unbelievably well, but is he there next year? Probably not. You know, they're bringing in a lot of guys on one year contracts to hit the floor, let the kids develop and, and learn. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. Definitely a lot of people excited, hoping that Shane Wright shows up or Logan Cooley or, uh, you know, some of the, some of the big prospects. I mean, and let's be honest, the Kings picked second overall two years ago and, you know, it's, it's a little, well, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors because I believe the Kings team is good this year, but it was unexpected that we, catapulted out of non-contention into contention this year so right we're, right we're in the same we're in the same boat the athletic just ranked the sabers first and the king's second in uh, prospect pools so right that's right that's right and how how is byfield doing so far so he got hurt in train like right at the end of training camp and okay. then missed i don't know 40 games or something or i don't know missed a few months um, played, you know, a conditioning stint in the AHL and now is up with the Kings. And they have struggled to find the right combination of players for him to play with. Okay. But I but I believe the evidence is there to support the idea that he'll be a very, very good NHL player. So I had watched, um, let's see, I guess it was the 2020 World Juniors that he played in. And he had one game where he was unbelievable and um (laughs) and he was you know i I mean i I think you they kind of had him in like a third line role but um you could see the talent but it wasn't it wasn't consistent but i mean i I think that's the thing is right the the guys figure out if you see the flashes you know the flashes eventually become um you know the whole thing Uh, ideally yeah well it's rough right because the difference between a generational knockout, unbelievable talent and a hall of fame, incredible, memorable player. It probably isn't that big in the grand scheme of things. You know, the difference between like Wayne Gretzky and God, I shouldn't have even started this analogy with Wayne Gretzky, but, <laughs> but let's just say the difference between like Wayne Gretzky and I don't know, Mike Madonna. I'd have to look up Mike Madonna's. Career yeah. stats. I'm sure Madonna came straight into the league and uh, and tore it up. But let's just say Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid instead. You know, okay. Connor McDavid. People are looking at him when he's 13 years old, and they're going, right. "My God!" You know, there's a famous tweet that's floating around Twitter where some Edmonton writer complaining about the Oilers at the time says, "I swear to God, this 14 year old kid, Mc, Mc, David McDavid or whatever, is better than anybody on the Oilers right now." Whereas Nathan McKinnon, it takes him a few years, or even Leon Dreisaitl, it takes him a few years, and right you know, 3000 feet view, right. Okay. 
how many cups does either of them have? None. You know, how many playoff games, right. et cetera, et cetera. But in the moment, right, when you're watching, you go, well, why can't every star prospect step into the league at 18 years old as right. a fully contributing superstar? And and we also got, you know, there, it seems to be with the draft, there's like these runs where like, you know, Crosby and Ovechkin drafted a year apart and stepped in and both destroyed, right? And you're like, man, these kids are getting real good. And then there's kind of this lull. And then, you know, McDavid steps in and Matthew steps in and uh, real close together, right? And again, you're like, man, these kids are tearing up. But then you got, you know, Hershier and, and guys like <laughs> yeah. that who are definitely Kako, tier below. But, yeah. Right, right. But but are like, well, not Kako and, and Lafreniere, but like Her- Hershier is like a, a good player, right? Like he's, probably a, a, he's a top line center maybe right like kind of bubble. <laughs> yeah and then you got guys like uh Lafreniere and Kako who are um complete busts which I just want to say because I, I can't deal with <laughs> Rangers fans sure there is dude the the amount of Eichel trade proposals that I saw blasted in my Twitter timeline of uh Rangers fans being like you know sixth tier Ranger prospect untouchable Sabres can't have him. Yeah, we'll do uh they they were sending like uh you know a calf dump, a seventh round pick, and like the seventh best Rangers prospect to Buffalo. And they're like, I think that gets it done. <laughs> just just incredible. And then uh I loved that he went to Vegas and you know, like I said, Peyton Krebs has been awesome, Alex Tuck has been awesome, and there's a first rounder involved, you know? It's uh it's it's solid. I, I do think that's gonna be one of those trades that works out for everybody. Well, I hope it doesn't work out for Vegas personally, but <laughs> I bet you don't. <laughs> um, but I want to sort of use that idea of prospect comparison uh, to talk about my favorite song so far off of Cleanse, the new Joy. Okay. Album. Okay. Um, I It's been a long time since I engaged with music on a meaningful level. Okay. Um, and so because I know you and now I pay attention to Joy Wave because you and I were introduced a few years ago when the new album yeah. came out, I got very excited and I was like, OK, I'm going to listen to this. So I sat down and I listened to it. First of all, the video for every window is a mirror is horrifying. And I don't know why you would. Make, <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that to me. <laughs> um, but secondly, the song that I love the most off the album uh, so far is Sin City. Great. That's a good and. Pick. Thank you. Well, thank you for writing it. It's a great song. Um, And there was an interview that I read that you gave that sort of, in my mind, is married to the song. Um, And I'm going to read you a couple of quotes from you. about me, me. Yeah, about you. And then I'm going to make it about me, because that's what I do. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Um, So you said, uh, when you're sleeping three hours or you're doing or you're going on flight after flight after flight, you can lose sight of the fact that, hey, this is really amazing. Once that was all taken away and I was sitting at home, I was able to really be grateful and say, well, it's great that I have my routine today and I can wake up, make coffee, and there's nothing to do except pet my cat. But it's also awesome that I got to do all this stuff. It made me really happy in a way that I don't think I'm only half a really happy person most of the time, to be honest. But that happiness and gratitude was reflected in the lyrics in a way that it wasn't in the past. That wasn't necessarily about Sin City. Um, But. I I think it is, though. That's that's. Yeah, I mean that that's the mood that that song is is trying to capture is just um you know not there's so much in life where um 
maybe there's another Kings podcast out there. I, you know, there are. This is the only, this is the only one that I know about. It's the only but one you might you need look to know at them about. And go, okay, all right. You might look at one of those and say, "Huh, they got more downloads than me, right?" And you're like, "That sucks. I wish that I had their downloads, right?" And you're like, "I'm going to work hard and I'm going to crush their Kings podcast, right?" And then you do that. And then you're like, "Oh, yeah, I did it." And you feel good for 5 seconds and then you're like, "Oh, what's that above me? Another yep. Kings <laughs> podcast? I'm going to crush that Kings podcast." Right? And that's not healthy. Because like you need to be thankful for like what you built and and what you have, and that's something that um you know is I think it's hard for everybody with everything because you're always comparing yourself to other people. But if you are, you'll you'll never be happy. So that's that's something that I tried to let go of during the pandemic, and, and that's you know that's Sin City two thousand to me is um you know being okay that like because sometimes you feel underappreciated or, or completely unappreciated you know like i put this thing out into the world and not enough people cared but but it's just like not everybody cared because I, I think that it's human nature to just like keep stepping up the ladder and looking at the thing next to you until you're like in outer space looking down at the earth and you're like beat that and then you're looking out and you're like <laughs> where's the next planet so a friend of mine lives in san diego and I try and go and visit him once a year at least. And he and I have known each other since, I don't know, grade school. I can't remember what grade we met in, but first, second grade, whatever it is. And we speak a language that nobody else speaks. You know, we understand each other's shorthand. We know what each other's been through. And, you know, so there's that bond there. And he was asking me how work was. And we were, you know, on this walk at this place in San Diego called Sunset Cliffs. It's outdoors. It's beautiful. The Pacific Ocean is stretching out. There's birds flying everywhere. There's people walking their dogs. It's a gorgeous day. And he asked me how work was going. And my initial reaction was to go like, ah, well, and complain about work. And I stopped and I said, well, which answer do you want? Do you want the <laughs> real answer <laughs> or do you want, you know, me griping and complaining? And he said, well, what's the real answer? And I said, the real answer is work is awesome my job is awesome. Like it's, yeah. like, it's incredible. It's, a, an, and in that moment I was sort of reminded of like, Oh yeah, I really should um, appreciate how awesome this is. And then I'm going to read you another quote from you. Um, you said, I do love to have a little bit of those things in there, but I have to say on this new record, it was really just driven by that gratefulness of, wow, I'm amazingly lucky to be doing what I'm doing. And I don't know that without the current situation, I might not have turned around and looked behind me. I might've just kept my head down and kept going. So I wanted to thank you not only for the album or for that song, but for that uh, interview that you gave, that quote that you gave, because I think it's true. And I and I think, and I don't want to talk for other people. Some people are going through incredibly difficult things, and I'm not going to try. Right. I'm going to try and totally. tell everybody that you should <laughs> be grateful for whatever. Everybody listening, whatever <laughs> yeah. your problem is today, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> yeah, but if you do have things in your life to be grateful for, um, whether it's a hockey team to root for or prospects in your prospect yeah. pool to be excited for. Yeah. I, dude, <laughs> um, I, I felt good for a whole morning when I saw the Sabres were number one in the prospect pool. But now, uh, you know, I'm I'm back on tour. I'm talking to you from a hotel room in Chicago right now. Uh, I, uh, I'm i back to ungrateful. Um, it's all <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> no, it's 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 amazing to be back for sure. How is Chicago? What's the weather like? It is 32 degrees outside right now. Uh, terrible. Uh, we're we're kind of outside the city today because tomorrow is um, downtown. Playing at a club called Metro, which is right by Wrigley Field. Um, so that'd be cool. I'll probably walk over there and uh, look at it and 
think about how there's no baseball. Um, <laughs> probably hit. Uh, there's a great guitar store called Chicago Music Exchange downtown. They have all sorts of weird stuff. Probably hit that. But um, so far, I just walked around a mall and went to Starbucks. Who do you follow baseball wise? Uh, the Cleveland Guardians, because my dad is from Ohio. Okay. And um, that's like, that's his Buffalo Sabres. Right. He, uh, he's been a fan since he was born, and he was born seven years after they last won the World Series. Um, he's retired now, so he goes out to spring training and like scouts the team for himself. But it's like, dude, it's he is so, he is on another level with it, where like, he also checks out all the prospects. So he's he's actually fine with the idea that um, spring training is canceled because the guys who aren't in the players' union yet, who are minor leaguers, can show up and train and play. So he's thrilled to go watch them. But, I mean, I have gone to um, games. Like, we have a AAA team in Rochester called the, the Rochester Red Wings. Um, and at the time, the you know, they were the Cleveland Indians. They're... Um, their farm team was in town playing and my dad was like do you want to go and i was like sure dad let's go to a baseball game so we went and he walks down by the opponent's dugout and this kid was pitching for the first time at the triple a level he's like 21 or something and my dad gets out there and uh he like takes his you know his coat off he's got his indian jersey on and the kid starts walking out to, to the bullpen to warm up and it's like doors, like nobody's there. And my dad screams like, uh, like, yeah, let's go, Charlie. Like it's the kid and the kid turns around and he stares at my dad for like 30 seconds trying to figure out how he knows this guy. Cause like, it's not like, right. He's never even been at the triple a level. And my dad's like, woohoo. And he just like turns around and goes to pitch. It's just like, man, he's, Guardians are weird, <laughs> you know. My dad's like, "Well, we got we got to support this nice young man and make sure he gets out there and uh, you know places his pitches correctly." Your dad should have a podcast. It sounds like, dude, he has. So he's he's from Ohio originally, and um, one so he he wanted to go into sports broadcasting, and he did one semester of it in college, and then he switched to like computer information systems or something because he. Uh, I, like I, I legit think he could have done it if he stuck with it, but he was like, "How realistic is this?" And like, kind of talked himself out of it. Um, but now in retirement, one of his buddies, who was a, a college friend and stayed in that program, he's reconnected with him, and he works for a radio station in Cleveland. So my dad will call in <laughs> to the show, and they'll be like, "We're gonna go out to our uh, our, our go-to guy in Goodyear, uh, Mike. What's going on at spring training?" And That's my hilarious. dad will like do a little report and he's uh he's he's figuring it out it's good that's great the the one thing that not that tons of people ask me for advice but the one thing i always say when people do ask for advice on how to get into this is i always say like just be the person that shows up so many people shut themselves down by saying oh what are the odds or it could never be me and it's like yeah that absolutely could be (laughs) you just gotta show up (laughs) a hundred percent it's um if you and and that's the thing is that if you keep showing up, eventually everyone else gets bored and takes their ball and go home. But if you have the screw loose of like, yeah. I'm gonna do this, eventually <laughs> yeah. your number gets called. Yeah, and and like, dude, at every time, like anyone that I mean, because music is like impossible, right? It's so hard to do anything, and 
and all of my friends who were in it for the right reasons and who were like, this is what I love to do and I'm going to do it no matter what eventually have found. And they're not like, they don't all have like successful artist careers, but some of them have become successful mixers or producers or songwriters. Like there's so many adjacent things where like, like you, like you have a successful Kings podcast that rules. Like maybe you were like, Oh, I want to be a, uh, I want to write the articles or something. And you ended up like, I don't know, maybe you were like podcast my dream, but, but you end up like, so close to but you're in the field right you're saying you're your buddy like it, it's awesome my job is awesome yeah no it's it's i mean my job is preposterously awesome um i never wanted to write anything because even though i'm quite good at it i hated writing but people would ask me when i started doing this they'd say like well i don't understand why don't you write articles and i would say because i don't want to write <laughs> i want to talk but i but i never thought when i started this that i would wind up where i did um, yeah. If if I thought I did, I'd probably make a ton of different decisions, and it wouldn't have worked out. But um, I have to ask you this question. I'm sure you've been asked a million times. I'm sure it's totally annoying at this point, but I've got to ask. Um, what has been the risk? Like, what have you experienced as far as people coming back to live events slowly? Um. So we're only like three shows into the tour, mm-hmm. but people are pent up and ready to go, and um, some tours have experienced, you know, because tickets for this tour went on sale at the end of October, so before Omicron happened. Okay. So there have been a few tickets that go unused every night of people who are still nervous about coming out, and I don't, I don't blame them. I, I don't think I would go to a concert if I wasn't playing them. I mean, now now I would like bubbles bubbles burst, right? Whatever <laughs> whatever happens is what's going to happen. I. I've made the decision, but, um, yeah, I mean, people are largely being safe, wearing masks. I mean, our concerts require either vaccine or negative tests still. Um, and people are thrilled to be back. I mean, we put out our third record in March of 2020, um, and weren't able to tour it at all. So, and, and we actually, um, I think the last time I had talked to you, we were out on tour opening for Bastille which was the biggest like opening slot we've done you know we were at the Greek theater it was like really big venues and great for us but we we were doing that kind of at the end of the cycle for the second record where it was like we actually hadn't done a headline tour since 2018 Hmm. so we were planning to in, in 2020 but it got pushed two years so everyone is like you know, I haven't been to a concert where Joywave is playing for 75 minutes in, you know, three years, four years, and two records have come out since. And, um, yeah, it's, it's actually way bigger than I, than I thought because every metric, like, I think the band grew a lot during the pandemic because people just had time, right, to like dig into music and, metrics on my phone told me that that was true right i can look and see <laughs> right you can see the more people are listening it's it was one of the nice things about all the streaming services right you can see what people are listening to and how many and how they're engaging with it um but i wasn't sure that that was real you know what i mean if it was three-dimensional and happening in the real world and now three shows in i can tell you absolutely it is and i mean we're playing there's a song in our set from um our first ep from 2012 
that we decided to bring back and people are singing along and screaming that one it's like okay people people really dove in uh during the during the downtime which is awesome i may have asked you this before and i'm not sure if i have but i've asked spoken to authors artists you know musicians etc before and this is the one question that i'm always sort of most fascinated by if it's boring or you don't want to answer it curse at me and i'll edit it out um <laughs> but and it ties into hockey in my mind um I feel like I own the Kings, right? Not physically, you know, not the way that AEG owns the Kings, but like if something <laughs> happens at a game that doesn't feel right to me, I feel offended, right? Like I feel like my personal okay. experience with the team, you know, if there's a player I don't like that comes to the team, I get annoyed. I, say, I don't want to root for that guy. What, you know, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you are creating things. You're, you've, you know, you created a bit, well, you co created a band, you're writing this music, you're producing this music, you're putting out this music that other people are incorporating into their lives and potentially their identities. Um, yes. How do you, if ever relate to the idea that there are these faceless hordes of people out there who feel ownership over you and the things that you create? Dude, I am. That is such a good question. Um, there's a song on our third record possession called who owns who mm -hmm. that uh, is very silly and kind of, um, in a lighthearted way explores that i always think uh that the the highest level example of that is uh george lucas mm -hmm. because the people <laughs> joey and paul in my band love star wars and you know who they hate is george lucas because they hate him for ruining it and adding lasers and stuff <laughs> yeah. and um i'm like guys i don't know I need to remind you of this. You didn't make Star Wars. Right. <laughs> he made Star Wars. Yeah. He gets to decide what to do with it. Um, and th there's this there's this thing now that I find happening with music where musicians say this thing when their album comes out. They're they're like, such and such name of record uh is yours on on this day. And um, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I made that. And um, if you feel like I love that people feel a connection to it and it's I mean, it's cool if they feel some level of ownership over it. I, I, like it doesn't bother me. It's it's mostly just like entertaining to me because here's the thing is I, I sometimes I'll go out on stage and I'll like uh, mess up a lyric or something. And um, I always say like. I updated the song. You guys have the old <laughs> version. You know, I, I made it. So right. I get to say. Um, but it's a really fun thing to explore where, because you're, you're totally right. I mean, people feel like this is, this is mine. And I think that I would feel like I owned the Buffalo Sabres if I didn't have my own life experience to, to say, Hey, maybe I'm, doing what people do with with art sometimes um and and that's the thing where like people need a team to root for but you were, you were saying that my outlook on the sabers is is positive and and it is but it's because i understand that i am not on the team and and win or lose i I'm, i just want to see a great game if they lose six to five and i was interested the whole time like i'd rather them have one seven to six but like 
it's at the end of the day, it's entertainment. And, you know, growing up cheering for the Cleveland Guardians, uh, I cried so hard during the 97 World Series where they, they lost, uh, in extra innings to the Florida Marlins, um, 2016, right? The, the, playing the Cubs. Same deal. I mean, none of my teams have ever won anything. I don't, I don't know what it feels like. The reason that I keep watching is because it's fun and, um, and it's entertaining. And I, I, I said to, to my dad when the Indians lost to the Cubs in, in 2016, I said, you know, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. And we saw as many innings of baseball either way, like right? it was game seven and it went to extra innings. Maybe, maybe we were cheated out of like, three extra pitches and then the Indians could have won or something, but like it was awesome the whole time. And like, that's, that's the point of it. You know, like it's not, it's not your Stanley cup. Sorry. I know you feel like it's your Stanley cup, but like you didn't win it, you know, like those guys did. To tie it back to sin city. Um, although I think you said it's called sin city 2000. Have I been misnaming it this whole time? Yeah. Okay, no, sorry. no, it's a, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, like a riff on the, uh, it's like a riff on the uh, CD-ROM game, SimCity 2000. Oh, Sims, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was You spelled it with a Y, so that threw me off. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the Kings win in 2012 and 2014. And while those memories are awesome and treasured and I would never trade them, it didn't make 2016, 2017, 2019, 2020, 2021 any easier. It might have made them harder um because your expectations are now raised and <laughs> right and maybe i'll feel that someday when the sabers win a Stanley cup you will yeah yeah it's a uh, uh yeah crazy crazy thing what an idea just yeah the the ownership thing insane we the i've because of this podcast have become friends with uh cecil castellucci a, a writer and she wrote a novel a princess leia novel and i asked her the same question like you're writing a character that I don't know how many people identify right passionately closely on some base level. And you're, you have decided that it's okay for you to tell a new story with this game. Like that's a, that is a, a trip and a half in my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to have some serious confidence to, mm-hmm. to do that. I don't know if I would be able to write a new star Wars novel. No, I think I think I could because I because I don't like Star Wars. But, <laughs> oh, um, there you wait, wait, hold on. I have to clarify. Do you are you um, apathetic towards Star Wars, or are you do you have antipathy towards Star Wars? Um, so I never watched. I never saw all the movies until like 2012. I sat down and like watched all of them, and I was like, I feel like I've just soaked this in via osmosis and like our culture i was like i don't know why i needed to see those and also like so many things like it's derivative of so many things and then there are so many derivative things after of it where i'm just like if i saw this when it came out i bet it would have been mind blowing i would have been like this is amazing but like it's it's not like i like i didn't see goonies when i was a kid and everyone talked about how great goonies is so like i I watched that one in my 20s and i was like that's fine because i don't have because you don't have the the memories attached to it right it's the um like music is like that where where there are things that like when i was a kid i loved limp biscuit okay (laughs) like i was like i was like this is awesome 
uh, $3 bill, y'all. I was like, this record rules. <laughs> and if I showed it to somebody now, they'd be like, Dan, I hope you know that this is bad. It's trash. <laughs> but to me, it never will be because it like spoke to me. Or yeah. like, The guitar tones are awesome. There's things that I like about it to this day. But it's when you come into something and it reminds you of a simpler time. And that's, that's a thing that um, if you have a music career that has lasted more than six months, you need to understand because there's always people out there who are like, you know what, why don't you make a song like Tongues again or a song like Dangerous or like an early song? It's like, you know what, if I did, um, you actually would not like it because you are not the same as you were in that moment. And the thing that you like about it is that it's tied to a certain time in your life. And that's, and that's why when you're, you know, if you're listening to, which by the way, like the reaction to the new record has been absolutely amazing. Um, and, and life affirming. But, um, you know, if, if you're like, why isn't there a song with the boops and the pops on there? Like, <laughs> it, like it's fine. Like, you, you know, it doesn't all need to be the same. And that's one of the fun things about, um, you know, having, having an artist career is growing and changing and writing Princess Leia novels that are, you know, not connected to the, the canon. And my, my favorite, uh, Star Wars character, this is the type of Star Wars fan I am, is Jar Jar Binks. Um, I gotta go, because, Dan. <laughs> because, because, right. Because of how, how much people who really like Star Wars hate Jar Jar, but mm-hmm. also the idea that Jar Jar may perhaps be a Sith Lord as he casts the deciding <laughs> vote in the Galactic Senate to dissolve the Republic. And you got to hand it to him, right? Evil genius. Yeah, for sure. He was playing the long con, no question. Right, exactly. Uh, for the record, I still listen to Dangerous, so I don't need a new version of it because that song is perfect in my mind. And- <laughs> right, because you still got one, right? That's yeah. the thing is like, yeah, that, that already exists. Just go back yeah. and play on it. Last question before I let you go back to the Windy City. Um, in 2012, I think it was, I stumbled onto, I don't even remember which song I stumbled onto first, but it was a song written by not a well-known recording artist. Uh, I don't know how many songs the person had or whatever. And it was a song for a team. Uh, oh, it was a Boston Bruins song. And I I'm apologize to the artist. I don't remember his name. But a friend of mine sent it to me and was like, have you seen this? This is trash. This is the worst. This guy is awful. But he wrote this song about <laughs> the Bruins and it's hilarious. And I started thinking, I wonder how many other songs are out there. And was able to put together almost an entire album well yeah more than an entire album almost every team has at least one group or band some of them are like pantera or the dropkick murphys or you know and then others are nobody right it's i don't mean to say nobody but it's an artist that you've never heard of that is not a huge deal i think san jose i think san jose might have been the only team at the time that didn't have like an original song written for it and by it uh the buffalo sabers song i don't remember the name of the group it was not great um it was good but any interest in ever writing a buffalo sabers song as joy wave um it's hard to say because like it it really rides the line of novelty song yep <laughs> you know like you're like if you're listening like all of our songs are life experience to me but you know the sabers are part of my life too so so maybe it's 
I'm thinking it would it would be like inauthentic to the catalog, but perhaps it's actually the most authentic thing. <laughs> is like uh, our entire next record is. Uh, I d- I did consider uh, not that seriously, but uh, we have a song on possession called "Half Your Age," just kind of you know marveling at the fact of uh, getting older and rooting and wearing a, a jersey of a player who's like you're like this is actually a child. Right, like you, you get to the point where you're like, "Hmm, I'm not going to ask this this kid for an autograph." That's weird. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, uh, so I, I did consider putting Jack Eichel's name in the uh, in, in the title, um, but uh, I decided that was probably not a, a universal thing. That w- that would have played well within a ten mile radius of uh, <laughs> right. Bank Center in Buffalo. Well. Fortunately, the song does exist. I can't remember the name of it, uh, the Sabres song. Um, Now, I think Vegas, Seattle, and San Jose are probably the only teams. uh, Vegas has got a – Seattle – I feel like Seattle could – there's some pretty good artists from Seattle. They could probably probably find something. Am am I allowed to shout out a Sabres podcast on your podcast? Is that allowed? Yeah. Um, I've become a big fan of the podcast Maintenance Day. Okay, yeah. Uh, Sabres podcast, um, couple guys in Buffalo, and uh, really enjoy it. They're doing a, they're doing a solid job. So if you uh, are listening to this and you're thinking, I like the Kings now, but um, you know, the guy from Joywave really sold me on the rebuild in Buffalo, and I'd like to know more about it. Uh, maintenance day is the uh, the one to check out. I can't remember if I've ever met him face to face, but I like to think that Joe Yarden and I are friends. Noted jerk, Joe. Okay. Yarden. Um, okay. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So I've I've similarly never met him face to face, but on on Twitter he's he's very good. A friend of mine posted a thing in a group chat last night that was you know, 1995. Uh, don't talk to strangers on the internet. 2022 literally all of my friends are strangers on the internet yeah yeah i've never met any of my friends yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. i mean i i sorry last thought on this and then i promise i'll let you go i for for i've been part of this group chat for over a decade now and it's 10 of us and we're in essentially constant communication with each other excuse me 24 7 and for the first eight years of knowing these guys in my mind and when i would talk about them to other people i would make the distinction of these are my hockey friends and then i have my real friends and i realized at some mm-hmm. point that i see my real friends once every few months <laughs> and, yeah. and you know i don't really talk to them that much i text them occasionally but they're busy they have kids they have jobs whereas these quote unquote hockey friends my not real friends i am in constant communication with them if something yeah. good happens i am on that group chat telling them about it if something bad happens on the group chat telling them sharing pictures of my sister's wedding like no they're my those are my real friends <laughs> dude it's it's crazy i mean i same deal like you you get to a point in life where like if you get down far enough down the road of what you do like your friends from life are still your friends but like you know my friends from high school don't understand stand the the comedy of like the guitar problem we had last <laughs> night right yeah mm-hmm. yeah and probably don't want to hear about it either right and my music friends love it right exactly daniel thank you so much we should do this more often i'm down which is what Anytime. i say to my real friends all the time <laughs> <laughs> 
Beautiful. Thank All you right, for having Excellent. Me. Everybody check out Cleanse by Joywave. And uh, if you're not watching a Kings game, watch a Buffalo Sabres game. Yeah, see what happens. Try it on. There you go.